Hi friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, Forbes blogger, speaker, and now author of my own career book that has just released for pre-order on Amazon. You can probably guess the name as it's also called U-Turn, spelled Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. This book is all about getting unstuck, discovering your direction, and designing your dream career. I created the U-Turn podcast and wrote the U-Turn book with this goal of helping you reconnect to who you truly are and upgrading your confidence in work and in love. So if you're looking to get even more clarity beyond the podcast and even the book on where you belong in the workforce or you want to make a career pivot or just explore your purpose overall, we have a brand new free quiz to help you out with that. Just head on over to ashleystahl.com if you want to take it. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com for the free quiz. Also, I'm really excited to finally let you know that this episode has been brought to you by Organifi. I have fallen so in love with their smoothie protein, their chocolate, their vanilla, and also their green juice drink. I have both of these products every single day. And after years of declining and dodging sponsorship, because I didn't want to feel sticky promoting something to you, I decided that their products were so good, so transformative for my health and my morning routine that I reached out to them and asked if they wanted to sponsor the U-Turn show. So if you are inspired to upgrade your health during these uncertain times and you want products to add into your routine throughout the day, I just can't recommend them enough. I was able to get you a discount code for 15% off when you check out. All you gotta do is head on over to Organifi.com backslash U-Turn. It's spelled Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash Y-O-U, T-U-R-N. Make sure you enter the code U-Turn at checkout on their website. And now let's dive in to this week's episode. Any person who thinks, oh, you know, I've got it all in balance. When I meet the right guy, I'll get in better balance. Uh Uh-uh. You don't make time when you meet the right guy. You make time to meet the right guy. You need Mm -hmm. to have your life in balance. What's up, U-Turn Podcast? Every now and again, I can't help but bring a really good friend on who was already on the show and made a really big impression on all of you. And we were just talking today in the love category about how this topic can get us a little bit into hot water with some of you, whether we just brush you the wrong way. And I think it makes sense. Love is a very sensitive topic. So it is out without further ado, I want to bring on the show, Evan Mark Katz from EvanMarkKatz.com. He's a dating coach, love expert. He has literally more than 1400 blog posts on love on his website. They are incredible. And fun fact, I used to check them out before uh, we even knew each other, and I didn't realize until later that th- that was his work. Um, and we want to talk about why there's so many smart women who don't always do well in love. Uh, we'll talk about chemistry, compatibility. We'll just kind of jump around understanding men, trust, jealousy, you know, even age, fertility, all these things I want to ask you about. Evan, thank you so much for being here on the show. It is my sincere pleasure to appear with you again. I'm honored. Woohoo! You know, it's so funny. Like, I just gave such a long list of shit we're going to cover. And I was like, wow, I couldn't put another guest through that because they would be overwhelmed, but not you. You you just have such a command over this topic. And so 
just to like get this party going straight out the gate, like, why do you think women are not sometimes doing as well in love when they tend to be so smart and successful in other areas of their lives? And feel free to offend and rub up. No, against- no. I mean, listen, I, I don't, we don't, we have to frame this conversation, right? I'm, I'm a dating coach for smart, strong, successful women who have everything but the guy. So I, yeah. I, you know, I could not be more steeped in this conversation, more sympathetic, more fluent, having listened to women for three hours a day for 17 years, tell me about their experience in dating. Mm-hmm. And so- we can we could just step back and make the observation. If you look around at the number of amazing and and my my clients are usually a little bit older, uh, women less than thirty rarely reach out for dating coaching. Um, maybe they 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 don't have the the means. Maybe they don't think they need it because men are so abundant. But women, you know, thirty five to fifty five are, are generally my clients, and you see a certain type of woman who is oh my God, I'm 39 and I'm nowhere close to having the family that I always sought. How did I get here? Yeah. Or the woman who's on the far side of that, she she got married poorly when she was young. Now she's 50, still vibrant, attractive, successful, having a hard time getting back out there and finding a man of the right caliber. And mm. so what are, what are their blind spots? Because we know what their strengths are. What are their blind spots that are stopping them from achieving what they want to achieve? The only thing they haven't been able to achieve in everything else in life. And I think the, the, the word that I accidentally stepped in is achievement. Mm. The thing that makes you successful at work does not necessarily make you successful at love. And I think that's a big aisle. What makes you a catch at work doesn't always make you a catch in a relationship. What a bummer. What a buzzkill for so many women who are just working their ass off, trying to make an impact at work. They cultivate these people skills and then they, what what do you think it is about their persona or energy or the the persona or energy of somebody who is high performing at work that seems to be directly in conflict sometimes with being appealing or connected in love? There's, there's a lot that's written about this and it's, I want to, again, frame it through a lens of observation, not judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're not, it's really easy to say, this is the way the world should be. Mm-hmm. I, we could agree. I could I could tell you a billion things that men should do differently for women. <laughs> so by focusing on women, it's not to absolve men of all of their sins at all. It's no matter what I do with a client, you know who's going to be the same after six months of working with me? Men. <laughs> right? So, so the focus on helping women um, look in the mirror, uh, understand their responsibility, um, their behavior, their choice of men is the one thing that we can control since we can't control the city you live in, the dating site, an entire gender known as men. So that's where our focus is. If it ever seems like I'm picking on women, it is, it is only because women turn to me for help, like a personal trainer at the gym. So um, I'll just use myself for example, because I always think it's the easiest way to do this. And I have a blog post you mentioned my blog, um, Why Men Don't Like Smart, Strong, Successful Women. Um, uh, I 
it's a, it's sort of, again a sort of a hyperbolic title, but it's not it's not it's it sounds a little clickbaity, but there's there's value in it. The idea is this: if I use myself as an example of what the kind of clients I work with, I am I'd like to think I am bright, uh, hardworking, uh, intense, opinionated, perfectionist, passionate, principled. You know, have a you know always interested in personal growth and change. I'll just use those as a couple of examples, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we take all of those examples, what is the negative flip side to those characteristics? Mm. Every good quality has a bad quality on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Every one. So if you've ever been with a guy, we'll, again, we'll flip it around so we could, we could keep the criticism away from everybody. Have you ever gone out with a guy who's really bright, like genius bright? Ash? Yeah. Of course, for sure. Yeah. What was, what was the problem with that guy? I mean, God, Evan, it's so funny. I never talked to you about this one, but he was like a surgeon in New York and he just was flat, like very, he, he took things very seriously. Nothing was funny. Got it. Okay. So that's one example, perhaps someone who is at a certain level of genius is in his head a little bit. Maybe he's socially awkward, has trouble connecting with other people, speaks more the language of logic than emotion and can't always connect, doesn't feel the need to connect the way you do because he's so smart. Um, Might be Mm. kind of arrogant because he's so smart and thinks his opinion is the only right one, right? We'll use that as an example, right? Mm -hmm. And we could go down the line. Right? We could just, yeah. we just go yeah. down the line with each thing. And this is in my book, Why He Disappeared. Um, think of a guy who's gorgeous, right? Th- this has nothing to do with smart, strong, successful women, but think of a guy who's gorgeous. What's mm-hmm. the downside of dating the gorgeous guy? Other people want the gorgeous guys, competition, fear. I don't know, scarcity. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly that's a piece of it. The gorgeous guy might realize he's gorgeous, carry himself like he's gorgeous, underdevelop other parts of his personality because he's gorgeous, not think he ever has to settle down with any one person because he's gorgeous and he has limitless opportunities, right? Mm. Guy who's financially successful. What's the downside of the guy who's a self-made millionaire? I mean, probably he works a lot if he's still in it or like he's got, I mean, again, options. There's a lot of women who want a successful man like that. Um, But beyond beyond his options, his personality, what's the downside of dating the guy who owns the startup, Ash? Yeah. I mean, ego, not available, busy. Got it. So if that's the case, wouldn't it make sense that some of this would apply to women as well? Yeah, totally. It almost makes me think just from an exercise standpoint, anybody listening right now, it's like, if you're smart, strong, and successful, write down all of the qualities you're using on a daily basis and take a look at how they apply or or conflict with your love life, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. So again, there's no judgment against someone who's like, I have a purpose, I have a passion, and my passion is building this business and skiing. But if you're working 60 hours of business, uh, at your business each week and you don't have much time or attention to give him and 15 weeks of the winter, you insist on being on the ski slopes and he's not a big skier. You mm. can see how that might affect the quality of your relationship. And again, remove the genders. It's the same story. 
There's stories about uh, there was a Wall Street Journal piece years ago about marathon widows. These are women who work with Wall Street guys, these intense alpha males who are millionaires and have conquered everything. But they still their working hours are six in the morning till, uh, you know, to, you know, mid afternoon. So for mm-hmm. their, their jollies, they wake up at three in the morning to train for triathlons. And then they so go to weird. eight o'clock at night. And these women, what do they get? Yeah. They, they get they get a house and a paycheck, but they don't have a husband. Mm-hmm. So to me, it, there's a, a zero sum game when it comes to time. Mm-hmm. Right. And any person who thinks, oh, you know, I, I've got it all in balance. When I meet the right guy, I'll get in better balance. Uh-uh. You don't make time when you meet the right guy. You make time to meet the right guy. You need mm-hmm. to have your life in balance. Because whether it's a man or a woman, if you're spending more time, not just more time, infinitely more time, 60 hours a week working versus one hour a week swiping, Mm -hmm. your life's out of balance. Okay. Well, so let's say that there is like a smart, ambitious woman listening right now, and she really does want to date, um, whether they're listening to this episode during like coronavirus pandemic times or just... Otherwise, like, do you have a general rule of thumb? And I know that it's hard to have rules, but of how much energy or time somebody should be putting into dating if they really care about it and they are that successful and strong? Well, let's think of this like everything else. Um, gosh, there's so much more I want to say because I didn't even wrap up what I wanted to say about the yeah, girl no, being smart, right. successful women. And I, but I, I do want to answer your question. Think of this like any other practice you have. This is your yoga practice. This is your meditation practice. This is your daily trip to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. It's a thing that you do that you integrate into your life. And if you integrate it into your life, then it's not a thing that you have to think about. It's just a thing that you do. Maybe it's on your calendar, but you don't miss it. And if you do miss Mm -hmm. it, you recognize, got to get back to the, got to get back to the diet, got to get back to the meditation, got to get back to, right? Yeah. So... Nobody does this, but it's what I recommend. And because remember, I'm a coach for busy women. So I don't tell you, quit your job and find a husband. <laughs> I oh, say, yeah, that would be a book. Yeah. G- get online for a half hour a day. Right. Keep right. It's lead generation. Keep seven to 10 active leads in your inbox. Screen them using a mechanism that I teach in my Love You course. So that you're not actually dating 10 guys at once. You're actually, you're, you're screening them and you're avoiding texting as a primary form of communication and go out with mm-hmm. one or two guys a week. So if you could date online for a half hour a day, communicate in various forms with seven to 10 guys who have some potential, knowing full well, most of them are not going to earn the right to get a date with you, right? And meet one or two guys a week. You're going to find a boyfriend sooner rather than later because you're putting in the consistency. That's your half hour of high-intensity cardio a day. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, it's really hard to find love. And now you're just relying on luck and timing. That's not a Mm. plan. That's an accident. It's like winning the lottery to get rich instead of putting in the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because I will admit, like, I have a very grounding relationship and my life did get even more grounded through my, like, with my partnership. But I also get, like, you can't just wait for that person to ground you. You have to be, you know, be who you want to attract in some ways, I guess. Uh, you would be better to say this than me. So I'm I'm curious, like, what other reasons, outs- like, outside of these personality traits 
do you see smart women really blocking themselves from finding the love that they actually want? Because I I do, I would say I have a very uh, strong, successful friend and she's like 33 and she's amazing. She's such a good time and beautiful and all the things. And just the other day I was texting her like, man, I really miss you. We should have a zoom call. And she's like, well, I've got this like 22 year old dude in my bed. And it's funny because she talks about him, like these guys that she kind of gallivants with, like they're all a joke and they kind of are, her, but she actually does really want to find the right person. So with her, I'm often thinking like, okay, it is actually really entertaining and funny. And I'm kind of like, not vicariously living through her, but just Get it. curious about her life. And so what would you suggest to somebody like that? Who's kind of like tinkering around and having their fun? Because to me, there's also like an opportunity cost to that, right? Like she could be in bed with the right dude. I'm guessing, you, you know, na- you, you absolutely nailed it. That's uh, you know, it's a quote from love you. Every second you're spending with the wrong guys, the second you're not looking for the right guy. Right. Dang. And, okay. And so, and so there's no value judgment against someone who's, you know, keeping busy, having fun. But if you're 33 and your goal is marriage, two kids, that's not, I wouldn't spend too much more time playing. I would, I would, it's, it, I think of it like being unemployed. Like you might have money that you could last for a while until your next job, but do you want to run out of money? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, you said, well, what, what are the, what are the traits? Let's go back to that. I'm not going to ask you to out your friend or throw her under, under the bus. I think I'm I'm asking people to take stock of their own negative traits and recognize the, those negative traits that that uh, push against happy relationships, right? And identify those traits in the men that you crave, right? That's mm. that's a huge thing. So if you're hearing this and hearing, oh, this, this guy is mansplaining me and he's telling me that I have to completely change and I have to turn into like a 1950s housewife to find a husband, not true at all. Mm-hmm. Right. In any given time, there are two main things that, that you can change. And one works even better than the other. Okay. One is yourself. The other one is your choice of men. Mm-hmm. People just think they're attracted to what they're attracted to. Like, how did what do you, what would you say to that? That somebody's like, I don't get, I can't change who I, I choose. Are you right, Ashley? I have a, I have a six month course on how to get happy and make long term decisions that are consistent with your goals. So, not to give away the whole secret of the course, but most people, if you really right get get right down to it, and I'll I'll send you some links that that'll that'll I, I just opened up something that I've never shown anybody outside my private clients before. It's an exercise called the husband picker. <laughs> oh, great! Right? Maybe I did it with you over dinner, right? I wouldn't be surprised. I think we did this. <laughs> my mom was like your picker was off until now, and she's like, "Oh, your picker got so good." <laughs> yes. So, the, so the issue is not with women. What's wrong with them and how they need to change? It's that. If your picker keeps on telling you that you need to date the male version of you, but better without your flaws, you might need to listen to this exercise, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? And that's most, and that is most people. And once again, that's not intact. This is, this is what I realized myself. I was chasing the female version of me, right? But let's do, let's do a math exercise. If you're a 95th percentile woman, Ashley. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I don't want to ever sound uh, judgmental of anybody who's not, but my audience is 95th percentile women. What does that mean? Like they're like hardworking, like the, be- the, the, the best, they're the best of the best. Thank you. You're biased, my friend, but okay, I'm taking it. I receive it. But you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like genuinely bright, attractive, successful, kind, everything going for them. Like could look in the mirror proudly and, and, and say, I'm a catch. I don't understand what's going on here. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's just assume that's who my clients are. That's who you are. That's who your listeners are. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a 95th percentile woman, and define yourself as such, and your standards are, are as such, you create, right, this mental barrier, limiting belief that's partially true, but not totally true. And that limiting belief says, I need to date the 5% of men who are above me. You've um, heard that before, right? Yeah. And I've, I've been it before. I've been like, I need like this, this swaggy special guy to exactly. match. So, so I, I make, and this isn't me, but I'm, you know, inserting a client. I, I make uh, $150,000 a year. That means he has to make $151,000 a year. I am five mm-hmm. foot seven. He has to be at least five foot 10 because I like to wear heels. Mm-hmm. I, I have a master's degree. I would appreciate it if a, a, a man also has uh, an advanced degree as well. You see how this goes, right? Yeah, totally. And so now we are left with less than 5% of men as the population. To start from. Yeah. Not to finish from, to start from. And this is crude numbers, but we haven't factored in what really matters kindness, consistency, communication, commitment, character. That's how he treats you. That's how you feel in a relationship. None yeah. of that showed up with he likes skiing, I like skiing, right? Yeah. Like that, that, that's, that's not even on the table. So before we've even begun, we've eliminated 95% of guys to start based on external checklists, which have very little bearing on your happiness, mm-hmm. height, weight, age, education, religion, income, right? And when I say that, people are like, yes, all these things matter. I can't be with someone I'm not attracted to. We're not, we're not having, we're having a nuanced discussion. I did not say you should go out with a guy who's living in his mom's house, playing, you know, guitar in the subway for quarters. I did not say you should go out with a guy who's a full head shorter than you that you're not attracted to. So let's be very clear about this. I'm saying Mm -hmm. that we've, we've imposed these self, these limits that are, are, are narrowing the dating pool to less than 5% to start before we factor in character considerations. Now, which is so, you know, it's because who you are. And I'm almost there. I know I'm long winded. Now, Ashley, we've got 5% of men to deal with. I think I could say pretty easily that of those 5%, 50% 50 of those men don't want you. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. For no good reason or a good reason, it doesn't matter. 50% of those guys are going to be like, nope, I want a woman who is just easier going or more patient or supportive or, uh, you know, traditionally feminine or whatever that, whatever they want, right? You're, you're not going to be 50% of people's flavor and that's without any judgment on anybody. Mm-hmm. So now we're left with a, even a smaller percentage to start without factoring in, in all the character issues. 
And now you get that guy and he's the male version of you, but better. And now you deal with the fallout of that. And it's all the stuff we already talked about. He's difficult. He's opinionated. He's busy. He's stubborn. He's emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. You got your dream guy. He's tall, yeah. hard, handsome, and a millionaire. He's brilliant. He's charismatic. Are you happy? Yeah, it's, it's really insane. That's, the, that's where we get into, well, if that's the case, does that mean I'm hopeless? No. It means we have to change our criteria and work towards, and again, it's the model and love you, and I know it sounds kooky, and, it, and I, we could get into a whole other discussion about it. It's not 10 chemistry. It's 10 compatibility mm. and seven chemistry. But people mm. chase 10 chemistry and they're, they're terribly surprised when they end up with a three in compatibility over mm. and over and over and over again. And they bang their head against the wall. They say, I can't help what I'm attracted to. Well, if the same thing's happening to you again for 40 years, maybe you don't have to change what you're attracted to. You might want to reevaluate whether it's good for you in the long run. Wow, that's great. And and then what kind of courage it's going to take for them to be able to say, oh, shit, this is the thing that I decided isn't good for me. And now I have to say no when it's so tempting. And I, I think about my girlfriend who I love and just really want her to find what she's looking for. And I think about these guys and I'm like, damn, these guys are not what she wants. Like this is this is a distraction. And so what are some steps that somebody listening can take to shift into what's good for them? Because I hear exactly what you're saying through experience. Like I was that person. Now I'm with somebody who is so good for me. We're pretty much a 10 compatibility and maybe over a seven chemistry, but I feel like I'm with my best friend who I'm in love with. And it's such a joy. And my mm -hmm. life has just taken so many new heights. Like how can somebody actually start to choose differently when like they don't feel any tingle down under, <laughs> you know, like if they're sitting at dinner with this person and they're thinking like, man, I want to be into you and I'm not like, how do they shift? I, I, I think, I think I'm really glad you're saying the things you're saying because it shows how even, even with someone who, who gets it, this is rife for totally. subtle misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, that's obviously not attacking, not biting the hand that feeds me. No, please. I love when you like kick my ass in any way. And no, 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 no. I, I, again, we're, we're on the same team here. I think people, this is a human thing. Men do the same thing. I just happen to coach women tend to catastrophize, tend to engage in black and white thinking either or solutions. So if you're listening and you're thinking this dude is telling you that you have to settle you are not hearing what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. Right? That's so important. There is no settling. Right? I've got more happy clients than any other dating coach has clients. Right? I got more marriages. I've been doing it longer. Right? And I've created a system called Love You to walk people through this. And this is not something you do in a 40-minute podcast. Yeah. Right? It's something I do over six months. I'm just giving you the highlights of it. You know? Yep. Because it's a whole way, the same way that you don't lose weight by signing up at the gym, right? It's a process of being a healthy person. 
So there's a whole process here, which doesn't mean it's it's painful or, or you know, it, it's it's more recognizing how people make decisions, right? Um, and recognizing that, I don't know, I'll, I'll keep on sticking with some metaphors because I think I think they sometimes paint a better picture than what I can talk about. I'll say, Ashley, your choice of men, my delightful friend, has not led you to happiness or peace. Your relationships consistently cause you pain, frustration, anxiety. I don't doubt that they're attractive men or good men. They have been unable to make you happy. We can agree, yes? Mm -hmm. right, so what are we going to do to make you happier? We're going to have to put you on a good man diet. Ah. And, and so, but, oh, I don't want a diet. Diets sound terrible. Well, well girl, you, you're DM. You, you, you've conditioned yourself to think that you can eat steak and ice cream three meals a day and live. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading your chart. You're going to die. If you continue to eat steak and ice cream three meals a day, I know it tastes better than everything else. I know. So you're going to look at the steak and ice cream and be like, oh, my God, I want some of that. I totally get why. You will always love steak and ice cream, but you can't live on it. You can hear that, right? You can hear that message? Yep. Okay. Oh, so you're just telling me I have to eat like rice cakes and kale for the rest of my life? Didn't say that. How could we find you a healthy diet that's flavorful with lean meats, plenty of vegetables, lots of joy in it, right? That is self-sustaining and you, you can look good and feel energetic and fit and you won't feel sluggish and drained because all you're eating is steak and ice cream and you won't feel bored and hungry because you're eating only rice cakes and kale. Could we say that there's some you know, chicken and vegetables, flavorful diet that we can do where you can live and be healthy and be happy. That's seven chemistry and 10 compatibility. Hey, U-Turners, I have a quick but important interruption here. I really want to acknowledge that during these uncertain times, we have got to focus on upping our immunity and staying well. If your physical body is limited, it's no secret that it gets really tough to be creative and live your purpose. And for a while, I felt a lot of fear that I or somebody I loved would catch COVID-19. And now I realize it is really time for all of us to shift our focus onto simply becoming as healthy as possible so that we're not impacted by anything that's floating in the air. And that is why I was so inspired to contact Organifi because I am really obsessed with their green juice product and their protein in the mornings and really just all their products. So I'm really touchy about promoting things to you and I can say with a full heart that their green juice is the secret sauce to my afternoon slump. So all you gotta do with their green juice powder is add water to it. It has 11 superfoods in it, everything from ashwagandha, which is used in Ayurvedic medicine in India to Moringa, which is an herb that keeps your skin glowing and detoxifies your body. It's organic. I just love their green juice so much. I asked them to give me a discount code for all their products that you could weave them into your daily routine too and upgrade your health. So just head on over to Organifi.com backslash U-turn. That's spelled O-R-G anifi.com backslash y-o-u-t-u-r-n so make sure you enter your u-turn code at the checkout on their website so you can get that 15 percent off i am so obsessed with their products i can't wait to hear how it goes for you now back into our episode 
And what is your thought about like the slow burn? Because I know for some people, they might start trying this diet on and slim down their DMs a little bit and start going out people that they're choosing versus kind of default attracted to, but might not be good for them. They're sitting there and they're thinking, okay, maybe, you know, maybe. Uh, How that, do you that, 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 no, I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Um, once again, this is built into the program. This is built into Love You. All of these questions that you're rightfully asking, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is, this doesn't immediately, this doesn't come naturally, right? The same way that dieting doesn't come naturally, meditation doesn't come naturally, right? Like, these are things that we have to get into a habit of making good, healthy choices because we often default to unhealthy choices. If you have a fraught relationship with a male role model in your life and your dad mm-hmm. was, was um, distant or busy or verbally abusive and you spe- constantly felt that you had to win his love, it shouldn't be much of a surprise that you choose men who constantly make you win their love and you, you're always off balance and anxious. And you say, mm-hmm. well, that's what love is. No, it's not. Love is easy. Love is peaceful. And if you've never had easy and peaceful, that's the diet I'm trying to give you. And you say, well, that doesn't even exist. It does. You've just never tried it before. When people think busy and peaceful can mean boring, you know, and I would love your feedback on that or like what your message is for that group who's thinking that, because I get it. Like it's, there's a simplicity to it. I love simplicity, but it's not for everybody. Like what's your message around their fear that they're going to be bored? You know what they say about people being bored? Right, people, are, boring people get bored. Now, again, no one—I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. But between my wife and I, I'm the one who is kind of on the front lines of this, doing this interview, publicly speaking, seeking out change and growth, and challenging his beliefs and reading. And right, that's how I'm oriented. My wife doesn't do any of this, any of this. Mm-hmm. But our relationship isn't built on her doing any of this. Because if I'm dynamic and she is cool and fun and agreeable, I'm going to say, we should see Dr. Robert Sapolsky, who wrote this amazing 700-page neurobiology book called Behave. And mm-hmm. she's going to be like, sure, sounds interesting. I'm going to get us the, the tickets to the Geffen Theater and the Taper Theater here in Los Angeles because I'm a theater person. Turns out my wife's a theater person, too. She just didn't know it. Beautiful. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. So the idea that you need someone to challenge you, you don't. You need mm. someone to love you unconditionally and accept you for all your flaws. Love is far more about tolerance in the long run. Think of it closer to familial love. Because in 40 years, when you're both grandparents, no one says the secret to Ma and Pa's 40-year relationship was that Pa was hot and had washboard abs (laughs) or that he was so intellectually challenging. He always kept me on my toes. No, he listened to me after I had a bad day. He was, he listened to me cry for a week after my dog died. He picked up my mom from the hospital after she had a breast biopsy. He did always did the dishes without question when I cooked him dinner and thanked me. I mean, We so overestimate what the external looks like. And in this time of coronavirus, isn't it more apparent than ever that some rich, busy, charismatic dick 
who's on lockdown with you isn't the person to make you happy. There's going to yeah. be a big divorce boom next year because now couples are going to have to look at each other and deal with each other. And if your guy isn't sweet and happy and kind and selfless as primary features, you're sunk. I don't care if yeah. he's a road scholar, supermodel, top chef, tantra sex master. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. We underestimate the value of agreeability. So mm-hmm. if we use, for example, and I'm going to go there, Donald Trump as the most toxic masculine man in the world, he's a certain archetype. And you can say, oh, I would never go for a guy like that. Really? Would you go for an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs? Because they're the same thing without the bad hair. Man, you make so many good points. I I also think like a lot of people, you know, during like coronavirus quarantine, they're sitting with their feelings. So if they're single, they're kind of like remembering like ghosts of the past and exes in ways that they might not have thought of them before. Like, for example, Evan, I think a lot about like how like my trials and errors of men tend to text me around the holidays every year. You know what I mean? Or I'm like, what? Like, I don't even have that guy's number anymore. And he's like, how are things going? Happy holidays. I'm like, who are you? And so I feel like people have a lot of like old feelings that simmer up during this time. Um, what, why do you think that? That's 100% correct. It doesn't mean those feelings. We, we, we spend so much time in those feelings. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean those feelings of genuine love um, translate into happy marriage. So if your yeah. goal is, is to cycle out new impressive boyfriends every six months, keep doing what you're doing. It's not hard to find a, a rental guy, mm. right? But I, I think a lot of people get in their own way when they, they have this very specific image of what they're attracted to. And no one's saying that attraction is wrong or should be taken away. You asked me a question, which I, I, I derailed, and it's my fault. If you have to talk yourself into going out with a guy, don't go out with a guy. Mm. Right? Like, you, like, that's why I said this is so rife for misinterpretation. I'm just mm-hmm. saying you could be dating a guy and not know he's the right guy. Mm-hmm. You don't have the, oh, my God, you just know butterflies feeling. I never had the, oh, my God, you just know butterflies feeling with my wife. And I got the happiest marriage of anybody I know. Mm-hmm. So we think, oh, the, oh, my God, you just know feeling is somehow a predictor of our future. Okay, if you're single and you're listening to this, every guy that you just knew, you were wrong. Mm. So that's how accurate that is. And we can't trust that. It's wonderful. It's like getting drunk or high. It's a feeling. It's not a permanent state. Mm. Right. So when we say, oh, you just know, or you have to just know, no. If you have a, a, a date with a guy and he gets sort of positive scores in comfort, fun, and attraction, go on a second date. If you find mm-hmm. yourself, oh my God, I don't want to go on this date. I have to talk myself into it. Don't go on the date. No one's telling you to go out with someone you don't want to go out with. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that the 10 plus plus attraction is not only blinding and allows you to put up with bad behavior, it rarely leads you to the long-term relationship that you think you want. So I would sooner have you chase 10 compatibility and seven chemistry than 10 chemistry and keep your fingers crossed on compatibility. Which is what a lot of people are doing. Okay, That's so strategy. 
you you talk a little bit about Mr. Busy who kind of, and, and I think a lot about these guys that women date where like they talk a big game. Like I had a couple of them where they were like, you're amazing. This is important. We need to connect. We need to make time, you know, whether they're in the same city as the person or not, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to, what is your take on men who like talk a lot about how in they are, but energetically they're not? Great question. Core principle of love you. Okay. Don't pay attention to what a guy says. Don't pay attention to what he does on the date. A, a guy could be great for a couple hours on a date. And a guy could say whatever he wants to you on the phone or via text. Pay attention to how quickly he follows up to see you again. Nothing else matters. Ooh, and there that. you have now you have the whole story. Mm. Right. So you know, I mean, it, it, and this is. Just born out in real life. You don't have to be some sort of dating expert. Just pay attention. You ever have a guy who really likes you, Ash? Like the guy you're seeing now? What do they do? What are you doing tomorrow? How about the next day? When could I see you again? How about this weekend? Next weekend? I want to introduce you to my friends. That's what they do. 100%. They're just and if in. they're not doing that, what does that tell you? They're not at that in. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they don't like you. Doesn't mean that in some alternate universe where they were a different person, they wouldn't like you or want to spend more time. It just means their efforts are not aligned with their actions. So it doesn't matter. Their efforts mm -hmm. are not aligned with their words. So it doesn't matter. Right. I tell women, if this guy's not your boyfriend, not the guy you're seeing exclusively and having sex with your boyfriend in six weeks, cut him loose. Mm -hmm. Anything longer than that, you're wasting your time. No guys, no guy sleeps with a woman once a week, texts her once a week for six months, and is suddenly like, "Oh, I think she's wife material." He's just keeping busy. Yeah. Okay. And that's the same thing of taking time. So this also gets me thinking about the age question. Like, I think it's really interesting that you said most of your clients are like 35 plus and I'm, you know, turning 33 this year. And I know that there's a lot that women have, and, and there's a new study that just came out with, um, SoFi and modern fertility. And they talk about how the, the facts are in, and most women are delaying their having a family because of money or because of the pandemic. And so I get that age has become something with love. Um, what do you think it is around 35? I mean, fertility has to be an obvious one. Um, but what do you think it is about women and their age and how that impacts their dating? And is it a real thing that men do in your perception or in your experience do or don't want to date women of a certain age? Uh, absolutely and rightfully so. Mm, tell me more. Listen, the hardest thing to do in life is to step out of your own shoes and put yourself in someone else's. And it's also the most necessary. You can't be a good husband or wife if you can't understand someone else's feelings. So when I say stuff like that and it makes you want to shoot the messenger, remember, I'm just the messenger. Right? I'm just telling you, I'm the doctor who's reading your chart and says you've got high triglycerides, right? Like I'm, this isn't a matter of opinion. If you're a guy and you want to have two kids, right? And you want to maximize that to your, the same way women have the right to maximize the kind of man they want to be with. But if you're a guy and you want to date a woman and get married and have two kids and your ideal pacing is you're going to date for a couple of years, 
And by the way, this is actually the best pacing for the most solid marriage. You're going to date for a couple years. You're going to move in together for six months. If it's going well in six months, you'll get engaged. You'll get married six months to a year later. And then after you get married, you don't want to instantly start getting pregnant. You won't even have a marriage. You'll, you're going to want to have some fun playing house, you know, building a home, traveling a little bit, enjoying this time before your life changes forever. And I say this as a 35-year-old man who married a 38-year-old woman, okay? So if you're that guy, doesn't it make sense to say, I'm going to try to date women 27 to 34 so I could have five years before I have to worry about having kids? Mm-hmm. From his uh, maximalist perspective, getting everything he wants. Mm-hmm. That's completely logical. Mm-hmm. It might suck, but it's completely logical. I was that person too. And then I met a woman at a party and we got married a month before she turned 39. And we immediately started trying to get pregnant. And we had two chemical pregnancies, two miscarriages. And two children when she was 41 and 43 without the help of doctors. And we are the luckiest goddamn people on the planet. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Mm. Yeah, this is a very real thing in my relationship because we're five years apart and I'm going to be 33 and he's 28. And um, we kind of acknowledge like he's speeding up his life a little bit for me and I'm slowing down mine a little bit for him and we're kind of in it together. But I can understand how ages. And and this also makes me think a little bit about desperation. And I I just want to talk to you about that with dating. I feel like I sometimes see friends and and have seen myself in the past before I found William, like settling a little bit. And I don't know, I, I hate to admit it because it feels embarrassing, but there had to be some like desperation because I think a lot of women, men too, they just want to feel like the person they're with is the person they don't want. Nobody wants to feel like they're wasting their time. Like what are some signs or really just clear indicators to you that people might not even realize are clear indicators? Like, Hey, you're on the wrong path. Like this isn't the right partnership for you. Oh gosh, Ash, that's a huge question. Um, I know. It's, 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 a great, it's a great question. Everybody's looking for like, how can I tell from his Tinder profile that he's a husband or not? And it's like, you, you can't. There's, there's, there's not a real shortcut the way people want there to be a shortcut, right? I mean, that kind of is, Evan. Like, think about, like, my girlfriend right now. She's with a guy, and they're always having an issue. It's like a new day, new issue. Got it. Go. So, so you, you led – thank you. You led me where I, I wanted to go. And, again, I, I don't want to lose – I had something in my head that you were just talking about with the, the fertility thing. Oh, oh yeah. Very briefly, um, I, I don't like to plug other people's stuff in general, but you – but I always want to give credit where credit's due. Have you read Lori Gottlieb's most recent book? Maybe you should talk to someone. No, that sounds awesome. What is that? Maybe um, I should talk. It was one of the top, it was one of the top ten books in the New York Times bestseller list this year. And she's a friend here in Los Angeles. I've had her on my podcast. I wrote a script with her fifteen years ago. So it, it's just about she's a therapist and she tells and she's a great writer. She tells the stories of three of you know like five of her clients and she tells the story of how she's going to a therapist and she makes therapy and human insight very relatable and universal. My I, my wife's reading it for her book club right now. It's it's a wonderful book. But the reason I brought her up is because her previous book was called Marry Him, and mm-hmm. I collaborated with her on that book. 
And the subtitle given it to by the publishers, not her subtitle, was The Case for Settling for Mr. Good Enough. Marry him, The Case for Settling for Mr. Good Enough. And it was a uh, controversial thing, and she got destroyed by people who just could not get past the title to listen to the message. Yeah. And the message is my message, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not so secret secret. It's, you know, we, we collaborated on that book. And the reason I bring it up is that she points out something that's unassailably true, but hard to, no one wants to admit or act on. As much as we say, right, um, you know, and I agree, women get better over time. I've always liked older women, always, mm. All right? Fertility doesn't always agree with that. And mm-hmm. so, objectively, you have more dating options a better choice and selection of men when you are 30 than when you are 40. Mm-hmm. And you have a better selection of men when you're 40 than when you're 50, right? Like it, you understand? It's that shouldn't even be up for debate. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like, I'm even finding myself as the host of this and like your friend wanting to be like, oh, no, you know, be positive. But the truth of the matter is like, usually you know, there's, there's a huge percent of this population that wants to have a family and your age factors into that. So I understand that. What wisdom would you have for somebody then when you have a lot of it, who's like, well, shit, this is true. And I'm getting to that point where I really need help. I'm not, I can't stop myself. I keep getting Mr. Mr. No, no way is this going to happen. Take your life seriously from 30 to 35. Mm. That's, that's your sweet spot. Kill it. Mm -hmm. Crush it. Do what you do if you're trying to build a startup. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is totally. your like time. Oh, yeah. Re- really, right? Put the attention. Again, that's why That's why I have Love You. It's a, again, it's a six-month course. The first month is confidence, and then we talk about meeting men and then dating, understanding men, relationships, commitment, and we walk you through this whole immersive coaching decision-making process so that you can make choices that are aligned with your goals instead of being like your friend who's spinning her wheels on 22-year-old guys or the person who spins her wheels on long-distance guys that never work out or the woman who is always in just relationships that are, involve texting or sex. Or It's so easy to identify when something's not working. And so that gets back to your previous question, Ashley, and I'm sorry for conflating the two. The way you can tell when something's not working is a persistent feeling of anxiety. Oh, love that. Good mm-hmm. relationships are really the mark of a lack of anxiety. That is just such an, a simple, needed answer. Like, yes. And why, what are some indicators like, okay, so there's anxiety. That's one piece, right? But is there something else early on, like date two, three, four, where you're like, that's going to be a problem if you guys are already dealing with this? Like to me, because anxiety kind of comes with the beginning, doesn't it? It's like a new thing. And you're kind of just like, okay, I'm nervous. This is a new person, you know? And that's just kind of like healthy anxiety, right? Um, er, I want to, I want to validate your point, but only to a point. Because we can say, well, it's healthy anxiety. And I got to remember, I wasn't at all anxious around my wife. Mm -hmm. Previous girlfriend, 
right? The one I was, I was in your position, I was 31 and she was 37 and she needed to have kids yesterday and I was barely making a living. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I, I, I'm the dog who caught the car. What do I do now? And I was anxious for that whole yeah. relationship because I mm. got what I wanted, but I wasn't ready for it. Right. Mm. And I, I, I think, and again, I'm someone who has a, a history with anxiety. Like I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, like superhero guy who's like, Oh, mental health is, you know, is just a social construct and you don't need, like, it's not that at all. It's that my belief is that good relationships are so nurturing that mm -hmm. it is like you're close. It's your best girlfriend. It's your relationship with your mom. It's who loves me unconditionally. That's the way love should feel. And if it doesn't mm -hmm. feel that way, there's a problem with it. And we could sweep that problem mm -hmm. under the rug because, well, I'm 38 and I don't have much time left. And well, at least he's got a really good job and I wouldn't have to work or we have amazing sex and that's important, you know, and we, we sweep under the, the feeling of, God, I never feel like I could exhale. I never feel like I'm good enough. I feel like if I say the wrong thing to him, this is going to end. Mm. And I'm, my whole thing is whatever you think about chemistry, compatibility, smart, strong, successful women, good relationships are easy. If your relationship isn't easy, it's not that good. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You're putting on a pair of shoes that you're going to wear for 40 years. If it doesn't fit well, you lose. Mm -hmm. So when I'm yeah, choosing a pair of shoes, I'm choosing comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people are afraid of that because like at event, eventually, uh, I think it was Esther Perel that said like, you know, or it must've been somebody else. They said, flip a coin, pick comfort or passion. That what is your thought on Dr. that? Dr. Pat Allen. And she said it to me and I probably told it to you. I, I met with I read it before I got married. And I sat mm -hmm. in her office. She goes, just read my book. And I sat with her. I was like, I'm dating this woman. It's really amazing. I don't know if I feel the thing that I thought I was supposed to feel. And she has a very, very black, black and white, very bright, but very black and white worldview. She gets caught up in these aphorisms, right? Mm. And so she holds up a blank index card. One side is passion. The other side is comfort. Choose one. And that's not the right way of saying it. It's not a nuanced enough position. Think of it closer to this. It's a zero-sum game, right? Mm -hmm. If you have wild passion, you're not going to have much comfort. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not. Just look at your life. Mm -hmm. Think of every time that you were just like over the moon, oh, my God, I can't sleep or eat or breathe. How did that work out in the end? So... If that's proven to be an ineffective way of choosing a spouse, perhaps we dial it down a little bit. And now that we're not so blinded by chemistry, we can see someone for who they really are, flaws and all. Instead of, oh, we're going to sweep the fact that he's a dick under the rug, the fact that he's never employed. I'm going to pretend that he's not, doesn't have major anger issues. <laughs> The things that people sweep under the rug under the guise of chemistry is beyond because we then equate chemistry with love. Oh, I'm, I'm in love with him and he's the one and he's my soulmate. And because he's my soulmate, we have to fight. So think about every relationship you had to fight hard for. Did that work? Nope. Yeah. Every relationship you fought for didn't work either. Mm -hmm. 
You shouldn't have to fight. It should be easy and fun and supportive. And yes, you could have great sex too. It's not this either or. And, and, and all, all of my success stories, Ashley, like years and years of them, right? Follow some version of this model. You don't have to change your personality. If you're a type A go-getter woman, you might just need to choose a guy who digs a type A go-getter woman who's like, hey, you bought us tickets to this show and want to see your family for a week over Christmas? Okay, honey. Sure. Sounds fun. Instead of the guy who puts his foot down and says, no, you're not the boss of me. Mm, This has been so awesome, Evan. Like, I just love your fearlessness. Like, you just come into your topic. You've been doing this long enough. It's like, yeah, it can ruffle some feathers sometimes to just say the truth when it feels like social stigmas. But Sometimes stigmas are there because there's data to back them and it's just numbers, you know? I, I appreciate that. And I don't, I don't, I still don't understand how the truth in any, I mean, without getting political, I don't understand how the truth is ever controversial, but it, it is because people in general don't want to be personally indicted. It's much easier to blame New York City or men or match or Tinder or age or it's so much easier to point at all the things that are genuinely wrong with men and New York City and Match and Tinder and age, right, as the culprit. But since yeah. none of those things can change. Hey, maybe that just means that all you get out of listening to today's podcast is I got to take my love life seriously. I got to spend a half hour a day churning through a bunch of losers to find 10% of guys who might be winners. Mm-hmm. And among those 10%, I'm going to pay attention to the effort these guys make and how I feel around them. Not how Mm. giddy, but how comfortable I can be being myself, saying what's on my mind, letting down my guard, and knowing this guy is going to follow up and say, when can I see you again? When can I see you again? Can I be your boyfriend? Maybe it's just that. It's trusting that Mm -hmm. the process, when it's working, is easy, and most women are settling when they accept unacceptable relationships. That's settling. It's not dating a guy who makes less money. It's not dating a guy who's 5'8". Settling is dating some douchebag who doesn't treat you well. That's settling. Yeah. Amen. I I love it. It's so blunt. And where can everybody find you, Evan, to potentially join Love You as a course or just keep getting some really good content from you about all of these topics? Yeah. I don't know what it is about talking to you, but I kind of get on my soapbox and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I was too, I was too much today. I, yeah. I, I kind of want to like di- dial it back now because I yeah. was being super preachy, but I no. but I'm kind of evangelical the way evangelicals are. Like, I feel like I have something, ideas that are worth spreading <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's hard for me to watch wonderful women continue to suffer give up on dating, put it on hold, choose the same guy in a different body over and over again without learning why is this happening and how easy it is to make a small pivot and get an entirely different result. And nobody could speak to that better than you, Ash. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. Things are so much better on this side of town in my life because I decided to choose you know, and not just be attracted to things and follow them like a dog chasing a car. You're so right. Thank you so much for being here. Where in you, EvanMarkCats.com, by the way, for people who are listening, it's M A R C K A T Z, EvanMarkCats.com. Any final words for us? Um, 
Well, first of all, just thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to, to do this. This is a nice break from my normal day, which is talking to women on the phone for, you know, three, four hours every day and listening to all their very reasonable frustrations, confusion, paralysis, fear, and giving them the tools and strength to overcome them and realize how much control you have over your own destiny, even when you feel like you don't. If you are a catch, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to settle. Um, you just have to get into action. And my course, Love You, is, is for that. It's by application only. I only work with women who are really committed to this process. Uh, the way Ashley works with people who are really committed um, I'm a personal trainer. Signing up at the gym doesn't do the trick. You have to want to be there. But if you're lonely during this time and looking at your life and saying, I have everything, but that's not really making me happy, I'd be honored to talk with you and listen to you and hear your story and see how we could help you. Oh, thanks again for being here. This was awesome. Hey friends, it's Ash here, just reflecting on the episode with Evan Mark Katz. Uh, one thing I always struggle with in the love category is that there is a lot of hetero focus to the episodes, and I know that there's a lot of you out there with different love preferences, so I really want to be more inclusive with this. Let me know if in the DMs on Instagram if there's other experts that you would recommend me having on or other focuses. I'm just so here for that. And in the meantime, where I'm left with Evan Mark Katz's episode is this idea that you don't get what you don't make time for. And this kind of reminds me of visualization. It's like you can't get the result you want if you don't think about the result you want and make the space for that time being intentional about that. So in my case, in my day-to-day -day life, obviously love was something that was important, success in my career. And, and, you know, success is so subjective, like everybody has a different meaning of it. But one area that I wasn't very intentional with, especially throughout quarantine, was the mornings. I found that working remote, especially with my partner being in the house, it was and, and getting a new puppy, it became really easy for my mornings to like somehow wither away and, and not exist anymore. And I would find myself at like 11 a.m. getting behind my computer screen like, where did the morning go? Which is especially impressive considering that I was waking up at like 6.30, 7 o'clock a.m. for the pup. And it wasn't until recently that I have gotten laser focused on my mornings. And I think everybody has a different type of routine. And so the first thing I would say is to ask yourself, what would you want to go into the day feeling like? How would you want to feel? So in my case, it was freed up. I wanted to feel like I had free creative energy and uh, I wanted to create a morning routine that would allow that. And so one thing I did was I started burning Palo Santo because I, I like the smell better than sage. So I would just wake up in the morning, the coffee would, I'd start brewing coffee and I'd burn Palo Santo around the house. I'd grab my journal as soon as the coffee's ready, I would start writing in my journal, and there's two different prompts that I tend to lean on when it comes to journal writing if I don't have anything that's coming up for me. The first prompt is, what do you need me to know today? And it's just a question that I like to ask my soul and let my fingers write out the answer. And I can't tell you how many times random information has come in from my intuition or from a different place. I don't even know where. Just educating me on so much information that I didn't even realize I needed or that I could take action on. So that's one. The second one I use when I feel really tense and stressed out and it's what are you stressed about? What are you worried about? And I start writing down all of 
the thoughts that I'm having about worry. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that, whatever it is. Or what are you afraid of? And I write down all the stories in my head about what I'm afraid of today. And usually it gives me a little bit of distance from my fears because I'm able to look at the things I wrote down. And this is a great thing to do when you feel tense at any time. And I'm able to kind of get some perspective and tell myself like, yeah, these things usually aren't that bad. Not They don't really deserve anything for me to be afraid of, you know, and, and that's been really, really healing for me. So a couple journal prompts, but what I've added into my morning routine that I'm so freaking excited about these past two months, um, I don't know if you've heard about Organify sponsoring U-Turn podcast. I reached out to them because their morning protein well, it's any day protein, any time of the day, but I use it in the morning for my protein shake. It's been a game changer. Their chocolate, their vanilla. Um, I'm also getting really into Organifi's gold product, which is like a hot tea that is so good and so nutritious. I've been really focusing on creating structure in what I eat for breakfast as well in my morning routine so that I'm not every morning kind of starting over asking myself, like, what do I need to make? And it creates this like energy drain for me. And so between doing the Palo Santo, brewing my coffee, journaling, and making my morning protein shake with Organifi, the little five-year-old kid inside of me that so loves sugar and sweets, um, is just so happy with this protein powder and all of their products that I love. So I asked them to give us a little discount code and you can get hooked up over there at Organifi.com slash U-turn. It's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash U-turn, Y-O-U, T-U-R-N. You can find the protein there. Um, So, you know, just shameless plug. I love them. And other than that, I mean, there was just so much I got out of this episode. And even in my own relationship with William right now, I think quarantine's been kind of tough on our love. Like we not only moved in together fully at the beginning of quarantine, but we got a new puppy and we've been together working remote nonstop. And it's, it's weighed kind of heavily on just creating a light dynamic in the house because we're waking up early for the puppy. We're working extra hard. And one thing that I have found with myself when it comes to my relationship is the better I take care of myself and the more I look at his weaknesses as strengths, what Evan and I talked about here, uh, the better our relationship gets. And so one day we actually sat down in the backyard And we decided to kind of volleyball with each other or ping pong and each name a strength, how we can see it as a weakness, but the thing we appreciate about it as a strength. So he had commented on how I have like a very free spirit and that makes his life lighter. I travel at the drop of a hat. I want to do all these adventures with him. And he said like the downside of that obviously is sometimes I'll be like forgetful, like I'll forget to clean up something because I'm like off leaving the house doing something fun. You know, like I'm a little bit of a golden retriever in that way, like puppy energy over here. And, and and I went back and forth with him and it was so powerful, kind of like Evan was talking about to really recognize like, damn, every strength is a weakness. And the more you can choose if you are in a relationship or even with your friendships to see what the flip side of their perceived weaknesses are and to really look at what that strength is and how you get to enjoy that, the more you focus on that, the more powerful your relationship can be. Um, I saw a coach about this and she was saying there is like no room in her relationship whatsoever for criticism. She is always looking at the quality and wondering what the strength is for her to celebrate. And I know that it's so important to hold space for those negative feelings and moments, but it's so powerful. I think in our relationships to 
you know, be aware of where strengths are. So even in my journaling morning practice, I've been writing down things that I'm grateful for in addition to those two prompts I shared with you. Uh, I'm so excited for you to use any of this. I hope you do. I think if you're thinking about doing morning routine, you don't have any structure, or maybe you do and you want a little more. Another thing that I absolutely love is like uh, not tarot cards, but like uh, goddess cards or I know that Sahara Rose has like a dosha yogic path card deck with different goddesses in there. Really, really cool. Um, you know, the moon deck for my ladies out there. And if you are a cool gentleman wanting some cards, I love the spirit animal cards. I think it's all, you know, it's not about getting all touchy about the cards as much as just using them as random wisdom to pull from yourself. So I love pulling a card also sometimes and asking myself like what I want to do with that information that I'm getting. What does it mean for me? We can all make it mean whatever we want it to. And I think it just brings out creativity for all of us. So there's so much you could be doing for your morning routine. Don't bite off more than you want to chew, but definitely encourage it. it has really freed up so much energy, even just down to like using my Organifi protein and not guessing on what I want to have for breakfast and sitting there with William and wondering, what do I make? Should I have this? Should I have that? So, um, Again, when you check out at Organifi.com slash U-Turn, make sure you have your U-Turn code, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. Uh, I'm just so excited they're sponsoring us. It means so much to me to have their support and to uh, be giving you guys this promo code. I don't profit off of the promo code. It's just something I wanted to give to you guys. And uh, thanks again for listening to the show. Can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. Thank you for sharing it, writing about it on the reviews, all the things. Um, wishing you a lot of grace in your love life and quarantine and would love to hear from you in my DMs uh, at Ashley Stahl. So thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. If any of our guests mention any resource that you're interested in, you can head on over to ashleystall.com and press the podcast tab to see any show notes. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you're also going to see our brand new free quiz, helping you discover which career path you're actually meant for. It's followed by tons of content-packed emails about your personality in the workforce, and of course, we just can't thank you enough for your written reviews. These reviews mean a lot for our show to keep getting out there. So if you ever send me a DM on the gram, and I'm so grateful that you have, I would love it if you would copy and paste that into the podcast app of your smartphone as a written review. It would mean so much for us over here at the show. Thanks again for being here, and I can't wait to connect with you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, 
and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.